Size matters not. Look at me. Just me by my size, do you? Hmm? Hmm. And where you should not. For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us. And binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Yes, even between the land and the ship. Welcome, everyone, from across the universe to the Wampa's Lair podcast. Star Wars is for everyone, so pull up a chair, get comfortable, and join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, here in the Wampa's Lair. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast, uh, part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. This is episode number 546, Top 5 Yoda Quotes. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Frank Oz to my Tom Kane, we have <laughs> Carl LeClaire. <laughs> Old I am, but mind you, I do not. Been <laughs> mm, more Star Wars I have than you now. <laughs> that's very true that's absolutely true tom kane has definitely got a lot more uh, uh vocal lines than frank oz did with yoda yeah uh it's that's what ha- that's what happens when you do seven seasons of the clone wars and appearances in rebels so <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jason, I'm really excited for this topic, and you know, you you proposed this to me a couple of a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, man, I can't believe we've never done this. And we were both kind of floored by the fact that we had never done uh, a Yoda quotes episode. Um, yeah. So, right, obviously, Yoda is debatably the wisest character in all of Star Wars. Um, I would argue almost one of the wisest characters in just like modern western mythology (laughs) Um, yes i agree (laughs) so yeah i mean i can't wait to talk about some of these quotes i've got i mean they're all about life lessons to me i mean that's my favorite thing about yoda so i am very excited to get into these yeah no i i'm i'm super excited about this it was one of those ideas that just hit me out of nowhere and i was like we should do this we've not done this uh we've done a whole bunch of top five episodes before and this is one that we've never addressed i was like we should change that um and yeah, Yoda's got some great life lessons and words of wisdom, but there's some other sides to him too that that maybe we'll touch in a little <laughs> bit of this. Yes. So <laughs> Yes, I, I had been uh reading the JW Rensselaer Making of Empire Strikes Back book, because uh, uh I, I bought all three of them in hardback uh Shortly after J.W. Rinsler passed away a couple of years ago, they went out the mm-hmm. paper, the, the, the hardback versions went on sale on on Amazon for like I think they were like 20 bucks each, which is a steal. Um, I, I had bought the Empire Strikes Back one right when it came out, but I never read it. And the thing is, is those books are just so darn big. Um, so yes. uh, when I bought a new Kindle Paperwhite 
uh, about a month ago, I was like, oh, that's right. I have these on there, too. And they're just a lot easier to read off that than that massive book. Um, the whole reason for telling that story is simply to say I just love how in early drafts, Yoda was referred to as Minch Yoda. I love that he was mm. Minch Yoda. It just it was kind of a cool title that George gave to him in those yes, early drafts. Minch. Yes. Yoda the Minch. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Jason, you know, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, all right, do I want to play short clips to like use our quotes with? But I was like, no, we will. One of us will do a very shoddy Yoda and Jason will do a very good one. Um, but (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we can handle it on our own. (laughs) I, I think so. And everybody's heard all of these quotes before. So it's not like, uh, it'll, it'll be too difficult for people to remember what we're, what we're discussing here. Exactly. Exactly. Well, let's let's kick this party off, Jason, with uh, our number fives. Um, and I know yep. we both have an honorable mention. We'll get to, we'll, we'll we'll throw those in. Actually, you know what? Let's just throw them in now. We've got one honorable mention. What's your first honorable mention, Jason? My honorable mention. Um, we're going to we're going to kick it off with the first official episode of the Clone Wars. Nice. Uh, that's uh, Ambush. The episode Ambush. Uh, and as part of a longer conversation that Yoda is having with the trio of clones that he is uh, hunkered down with in a cave at the moment. Uh, And, you know, he asks the clones to remove their helmets because he wants to see them. And the clones are like, well, there's not much to see. We all have the same face. And Yoda's response is deceive you. Eyes can in the force. Very different. Each one of you are. And I I just love that because Mm. even people who, superficially look identical yoda recognizes their individual uh aspects and their individual strengths and their individual characteristics and he wants to make sure that they feel recognized for those things and uh it makes me (laughs) it makes me a little sad thinking about that in retrospect when order 66 happens because he knows all of these different clones. Um, Mm. But uh, this moment is such a, it's such a beautiful moment because it shows that the Jedi are, you know, when they're in tune with the force, they're able to recognize the unique worth of each and every clone um, and each and every, you know, being in the galaxy. Uh, Whereas most people would just see clones as, you know, a step up from a droid. So, uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why, as we see the Clone Wars TV show progress, the clones and the Jedi seem to have a very, very good uh, relationship. So much so that, you know, they all basically snap when Order 66 happens. So. Mm. Yeah. I love that, Jason. That that was one I was debating and putting in my list. Um as well, but, uh, but did not. So I'm glad you, you gave that a shout out, Ray. It's just really wonderful. Yoda, Yoda just recognizes that, that uniqueness of, of every individual, regardless of whether they're a clone or not. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I remember first watching that episode cause I got into the clone wars a little bit late and, uh, watching that episode, I was just like, wow, this is just classic Yoda. It's, it's someone who, who just kind of recognizes the sp- the specialness to every individual. Um, so yeah, love that you put that in there. 
Awesome. Um, What's your uh, honorable mention then? My honorable mention comes from the Phantom Menace, and it's it's you know a very very famous uh, quote of Yoda's: "Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering." Um, right? It's this it's this teaching maxim of Yoda's. Um, it's very Buddhist in its in its in its core. Uh, this idea of fear being a, being intrinsically linked to attachment. Uh, this is something that Yoda has lived out for 800 years. <laughs> this belief <laughs> that fear leads to the worst in us because fear of loss is what keeps us in opposition to just the natural flow of the force, the natural flow of life itself. And I'll have a little bit more to say about things like that. Uh, not too long from now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, <laughs> I, you know, that when I f- compiled my list, I was like, this is one that's just, it's just such, such classic Yoda. And it's such a classic part of who Yoda is in the prequel era. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know if he would hold as fervently to this belief uh, when he, after spending his time in mm-hmm. exile on Dagobah, um, or at least might think of it differently. Um, but yeah, the prequel Yoda is very much holding to this Jedi maxim of, of, of non-attachment, um, because attachment is what gives grounds for fear. That's an interesting way to, to think about that. I'm going to, I'll have some more to say on that one later. Um, but yeah, uh, interesting thoughts. I hadn't quite thought of it that way, uh, tied so closely to attachment, but Mm. I have to consider that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, well, so, what is your number five? Uh, my number five, we're going to jump all the way to uh, Return of the Jedi. We're 900 years old. You rage. Look as good. You will not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's one of the things I love about Yoda is, yes, he is incredibly wise. He is incredibly intelligent in terms of in terms of how he communicates with the force he's uh one of the most open you know through the course of his story arc one of the most open characters in star wars to the force and the the will of the force but he also is humble enough to have a sense of humor <laughs> and I think that's one of the the great things about Yoda is that while he takes his responsibilities and he takes the force seriously, he doesn't take himself seriously. Mm. Um, And at least most of the time, (laughs) I'm pretty, there seems to be periods maybe during like the Clone Wars where things, he started taking things too seriously. But overall, I think in general, he, he doesn't take himself too seriously. Um, and this is just one of those examples. And I just love it because he is the, the wise, the, the yogi, the Buddha, he's the teacher of teachers that we get in star Wars. And yet he still cracks jokes, um, to try and make Luke, uh, look less depressed, uh, there (laughs) (laughs) as they're sitting in his hovel on, on Dagobah, um, when his twilight is upon him. Yeah. That's great. Uh, I, I, the levity of Yoda, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's so important. And, and 
it's almost like he's he's saying this to to kind of cool the anxious fire that is Luke right now. He's so he's yes. so worried about the fact that Yoda is going to be gone, and here's Yoda kind of making light of that. Um, so yes, in part, it's just Yoda being Yoda. This is kind of his lightheartedness, but I think there's also an element of care for Luke in that as well. Of mm-hmm. you know, it's okay, kid. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Right. Um, it, it's he he's uh countering the anxiety before it takes root as fear for the mm, future. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's this lines up perfectly with my number 5 uh same scene return of the Jedi just fast forward about 40 seconds and it's when Yoda says that is the way of things, the way of the force. When he's talking about his impending death. Um mm-hmm. you know, strong am I in the force, but not that strong. Um Yoda's I love this quote that is the way of things the way of the force it now with like the whole Skywalker saga right in our in our milieu it kind of also shows Yoda in comparison to some of other main characters so most notably Anakin Anakin Mm -hmm. doesn't like the idea of death he doesn't like that he doesn't like the notion that people can die but here you have Yoda accepting it, that this is just part of life. Death is part mm-hmm. of life. Um, you know, I mean, he says something about this to Anakin in Revenge of the Sith. A little, I would say, argue a little more of a cold um, reality. But I think here it's more of this humble acceptance of one's place in life, that part of life mm-hmm. is death. And yeah, um, trying to live in opposition to that is just foolishness. Um, and it's also an, a great highlight of Yoda is not the Yoda is not a Sith, right? Um, right? Palpatine, especially his greatest obsession is power over life and death. This is Yoda saying, I live in tune with it. I, li- I live in tune with the way of the force. Um, and what I really like about that is Yoda provides kind of this really um, important life lesson about uh letting go of some of the anxieties, letting go of the anxiety of the fact that things sometimes die out. Uh, people die, mm-hmm. you know, think relationships die, you know, things that's part of life. That is the way of the force. And the Yoda we meet in, in the original trilogy is a very grounded Yoda. Um, not that he's not grounded in the prequel era, but I think there's almost a, an even more profound realness to, to the way Yoda deals with life. Um, he just accepts that this is the way that life goes and he's okay with it. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and if you think about it, I mean, right, he, he had just made the joke that you quoted, right? It's <laughs> this is someone who understands that eventually life comes to an end. And I mean, I, for one, would love to be in Yoda's shoes where it's just kind of this healthy acceptance of this is part of life. And it will be okay. Um, so I, I love this mm-hmm. f- this quote from Yoda. Yeah, the only thing that continues on is the Force, mm-hmm. uh, and Yoda Yoda has accepted that. Yoda has uh, has embraced not only accepted it, he has embraced it uh, because it is his time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I love that. I love that. It it is it is a humble acceptance, uh, knowing that he is just a small part of what the force is doing uh, and the and at work doing in the galaxy right now. 
So yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, skipping back to uh, number four to something you mentioned earlier, uh, we're going to hit the <laughs> Phantom Menace with fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. I sense much fear in you. Uh, and of course, this is spoken to Yoda or Yoda. Yoda <laughs> is speaking this to Anakin. Um, and and I'm in light of what you said about this in, in terms of him talking about uh, this as a connection thing. I, I think in part he is, but he is also describing the natural order of how these when these emotions and these feelings take root how one will lead to the next and how it will continue this downward spiral towards the darkness um and and yes a a connection or having an attachment um can give the opportunity of fear to set in as if obviously we see that with anakin his fear of loss uh, particularly of the people most important to him, his mother, Padme, Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, uh, becomes all-consuming, uh, especially when it is twisted by Palpatine. Um, but I, I like to see this... This phrase is... You know, while it is a, a maxim and it is sort of a, a uh, yeah, a, a maxim of the Jedi Order at this point is that he, here is the path to the dark side. This is what you must be careful of. This is what you should uh, focus on uh, trusting in the Force to be able to avoid or to uh, to train yourself to to work through these these feelings so that you don't get caught in them and dragged further and further down into the darkness. It also serves because it takes place in the Phantom Menace as sort of a prophecy mm. uh, for us, the viewer as to the path Anakin takes as he falls to the dark side through the rest of the prequels, mm. um, because it is the fear, the fear of loss that drives him to anger and then hate and then we see the suffering that he endures, uh, you know, obviously most not notably physically uh, when he is burned on Mustafar, but then just the mental and emotional torture that he goes through for years at the hands of Palpatine as Darth Vader. So um, it for us, the viewer, it, it also serves as a bit of a prophecy and a bit of a roadmap for what happens to Anakin. And that's another reason why I wanted to have this on my list. So, yeah. And I would even say that, that the fear leading to ultimately suffering isn't just Anakin's own or one individual suffering, but the suffering that we then inflict on others because of our fear. Um, yeah. I think is, yes. I almost feel like that's Yoda's bigger concern is not so much the individualized suffering you will, uh, face at the face of your fear, but rather the suffering you will cause those around you because of your fear. It's the suffering the galaxy is feeling as the Clone Wars rage. Right. It's fear, fear, you know, on both sides, the Republic and the Separatist side that leads to anger and then hate and war and suffering, you know, and it's, you know, maybe, maybe we should 
start plastering um, this quote uh, out there during the next political election. Just saying, mm. um, <laughs> not a bad, I- not a bad idea, not a bad idea at all. <laughs> um, um, but anyway, yeah, that that's my number four. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Obviously, um, my number four comes from season five, episode six of the Clone Wars, The Gathering. And Yoda says, the force made physical a Jedi is. The force made physical a Jedi is. There, I, I'm going to keep remembering to do my bad Yodas. So people can compare <laughs> the somebody with skill and somebody with not with no skill. Um, but yeah, I, I love this quote. And you know, Jason, for the longest time, literally until this morning when I was putting my notes together, I always thought the line was, the force made visible a Jedi is. But when I was just watching through the clip this morning, I was like, whoa, wait, did he say physical? And then I even like I put subtitles on. I'm like, oh, crap, I've got that quote long wrong all the time. Um, I think I think the intentionality is the same. Um, I yeah. don't think it's a dramatic difference. Um, but with it being physical, you know, the force made physical a Jedi is um, that and visible. It's the same thing. Um, Yoda tells Luke in Empire Strikes Back that we're luminous beings, right? The force itself is an energy field between things. Um, so in order to encounter it, it must be made physical. Well, that's what Jedi do. Where Jedi are, when they tap into the force, they make the force something physical. It's not just something mysterious or ethereal, but it's rather mm-hmm. physical, <clears throat> And I think what's also really important about this is while Yoda never says this directly, I think something like a quote like this implies the responsibility Jedi have to the galaxy because they make the force physical, visible, whatever you want to say. uh, um, (laughs) They have a responsibility of representing the force. Well, Um, I mean, for somebody in in my worldview, this translates very well to people who who have ministerial positions in in religious spaces, right? Like you are in a in a way you are bringing this invisible spirit of God into the physical visible realm, um, and a lot of people do that in very destructive ways. So that's dangerous. Um, and Jedi could be out there just using the Force to get their own, you know, get what they want out of the world. Um, and if that's all Jedi were doing, people would hate the force. <laughs> people would hate the Jedi. Um, right. So there's this tremendous responsibility attached to being a Jedi because it's your responsibility to bring the light of the force into the galaxy at large. Uh, so I really, I really love this. Um, it's, it's something both beautiful. It, it's, it's kind of this, it's kind of this, double-bladed lightsaber, if you will, is, you know, in, in one sense, it's something very beautiful that a, a Jedi has this unique ability of making the Force known to people. And also, they have a responsibility that they do it properly and carefully and um, and with compassion. Um, so, yeah, I I love how Yoda gives us a very clear definition. You know, the, the Force is we get definitions in a way about the force throughout the star Wars saga, but we never get a solid definite. Well, I guess it's not going to say we never get a solid definition of what a Jedi is, but Ben Kenobi tells Luke that they were the guardians of peace and justice. So, so they're that. And they're also this other thing 
there's there's a spiritual reality to them that they make the force physical. Um, so, yeah, I, I love that that's an, that is a that is an integral ingredient to what it means to be a Jedi. Absolutely. I love that quote so much that I'm going to reserve comment. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, you're you're aping my list. No, I'm kidding. Um, we're going to go to Attack of the Clones for my number three, because that's where we're at. We're sitting at number three. Uh, and, and this is a, another example of the levity of Yoda that I absolutely love. Lost a planet? Master Obi-Wan has. How embarrassing. How embarrassing. <laughs> Liam, the shades. I sh- you should have just Gather used around- Liam, the shades. That should have been your quote. <laughs> yeah, just Liam, the shades. That's it. Um, it's the number one quote from Yoda of all time. Uh, you know, and then uh, gather around the map reader, clear your minds, and find Obi-Wan's pla- wayward planet. We will. I love this because not only is is Yoda, you know, making cracking a little joke for the kids um, in order to, you know, in order to keep them from catching on to Obi-Wan's concern because he's obviously worried and he's concerned and Yoda is sort of putting a block between that and sort of snapping Obi-Wan into let's address this as a problem rather than something to worry about uh, a, a problem to solve rather than something to be worried about. Um, but then he also uh, presents it to his students as a task and a problem to solve. And he, the way he presents it is with a, a certainty of, well, we will find it. We will figure this out. And it's not, it's not like, it's not a, let's see what we can do. It's a, no, and find Obi-Wan's wayward planet, we will. It is a certainty. Mm. It is a confidence. And of course they do. Um, they Well, they figure out what they should do in it. But I, I love this. Not only is it is a bit of humor and levity as he's cracking a joke at Obi-Wan's expense because worrywart Kenobi needs <laughs> to stop worrying. Um, but he presents it as a lesson and as a, an exercise in using the force and using their minds uh, in ways that they've already, that, that they've been learning uh, and, and to, to solve a problem. So, mm. and, and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, uh, it's, it's again, similar to the, the quote you had from return of the Jedi in that sense, there's, there's that levity, but that levity also, you know, when you think about it in the context of that scene, um, He's doing something similar for Obi-Wan that he did for Luke in Return of the Jedi. Again, you have this. Mm-hmm. I mean, Obi-Wan isn't like over the top anxious here, but he's but like you said, no. I mean, Obi-Wan is an anxious character. He is very confused by this. And, you know, it almost comes in like uh, I've always loved when he walks in and, you know, Yoda grabs the attention of the class. He's like, younglings, younglings, a visitor we have. And they're like, hello, Master Obi-Wan. And Master Obi-Wan's Obi-Wan. response is just, hello. Like, he's almost, hello. he's just, just distracted. Like, he's almost, like, yes. not even paying attention to them. Um, and like you said, Yoda provides this sense of levity, brings the mood down a little bit. Um, but again, it comes from this place of certainty. I mean, Yoda is arguably probably the most confident character. I mean, it makes sense. He's 
you know, over 800 years old. He's had a lot of yes. time to, to, to do uh, self-work and self-improvement. He's doing great work with that. <laughs> um, but that said, you know, <laughs> kind of like Luke, like he, Obi-Wan comes into the setting kind of anxious and nervous. And this is why people go to Yoda, because not yeah. only does he have the confidence of calming things down to figure them out, but he also like he makes light of it and not light of it in the sense of like, this doesn't matter, but this does matter, but let's relax. Let's put our heads together and and we'll figure it out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Even, even a potentially worrying problem has the opportunity to be made fun of just a little bit. Right. So, (laughs) (laughs) and, and it's, it's very good because humor is healing too. Um, And that's just my, you know, something I'm throwing in there from my own experience, but humor is healing. And the fact that someone his age isn't just spouting, you know, proverbs and platitudes, but is also incorporating, still incorporating compassion and humor into everything that he does or attempts to do that in everything he does uh, is truly wonderful uh, to quote Yoda. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, that said, I'm going to just stick right in the uh, same scene again here, Jason. I I imagine you'll have this in here too. I thought this is where you were going. My number three is from that exact scene, but it's towards the end of it when Yoda declares truly wonderful. The mind of a child is, um, I feel like that was more of a Grover than a Yoda. Good work, Carl. Um, (laughs) but, um, same voice actor. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't think so. I don't think Frank Oz does it. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know Sesame street well enough to say that with confidence. Um, that said, I love this quote from Yoda. It's, it's this, um, it's this ascent of his that, you know, the innocence and wonder of children is something sacred and something special. And I love that that matters so much to Yoda. Um, in Now, granted, I am not even remotely up to date on High Republic, but I do remember things from phase one where it's often, not often, but it's 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 indicated a few times that Yoda likes to spend his time kind of off on adventures with younglings that for Yoda mm-hmm. spending time with the youngest of the Jedi is his most important task. And that's even been made true throughout the prequel era. I mean, even some of the prequel era legends novels even indicate this, um, the book dark rendezvous, uh, there's a lot of this. Mm-hmm. There's this sense. And, and we even get it right here in the scene in attack of the clones in a way. This was George kind of, making sense of his own snafu of, you know, Obi-Wan telling Luke that Yoda was his master. And then episode one came out and it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, but, it, but, it, but it establishes that every single youngling grows up in some capacity being trained by Yoda uh, because Yoda yeah. really, really values kind of that innocent wonder that children possess. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I love that quote because it's so true even in our own world that there is just something really magical about the mind of a child. The way that they're able to think about things so purely and innocently can often help you deduce things that your overcomplicated, stressed out mind is incapable of. And that is right. clearly the case in this scene because then I think that is in fact Liam um, played by, I believe, Jet Lucas <laughs> um, <laughs> that, you know, master, you know, like he, he figures it out. Um, so Yoda, Yoda's respect of that, that innocent wonder of, of children is quite lovely. And I think it's also, 
in a lot of ways, that's an encapsulation of where George Lucas was at in the prequel era. I mean, he he was a you know, he was a father. He loved he loved his children. Um, You know, I think Yoda became for him. This jovial, wonder loving character, Um, Mm -hmm. something that some, you know, a lot of Star Wars fans today could do well to remember. <laughs> right. Uh, right. So, yeah. Now, I uh, I did not include this quote, what? this line in my list because what? I knew you would have it in yours. What the? Um, oh, my gosh. In the name of Mustafar. <laughs> <laughs> I, am su- I, am sh- I honestly thought this might be your number one. Wow. <laughs> no, Dang. no. It, it, because I knew you would have it uh, on your list. So I, I was like, we're going to talk about it. Uh, so I, I felt <laughs> I felt OK not putting this one on my list. But okay. I do love it. You know, truly wonderful. The mind of a child is. And speaking of child, yes, he did. Uh, was the original voice of Grover um, oh, okay. and puppeteered Grover. So amongst other Muppets and Sesame Street characters. But um, yes, uh, the the wonder and the innocence and the the straightforwardness of thought that comes with a child uh, is, is oftentimes silly, but many times wonderful, mm-hmm. sometimes both. Um, but, you know, it, we even see that in, uh, you know, today's world, you know, the out of the mouth of babes is a quote, you know, it's like, you know, sometimes kids just say the most simple yet profound things. Uh, and they have no idea about it, but it hits the adults in the room going, oh, my God, I can't believe that, you know. But Yoda Yoda takes the time to encourage and cultivate and all of that. And, and he is over 800 years old. He is the leader of the Jedi Council. He is the highest ranking Jedi Master in the entire order and probably has been for several hundred years. And he insists on still making sure he teaches all the younglings. It keeps him humble. It keeps him in touch with the wonder of the universe. Uh, And I get the idea that he finds their company a lot more enjoyable than that of the Jedi Council itself um, at times. So (laughs) don't don't blame him for that. (laughs) So... I absolutely love this line and the whole scene in general is one of my favorite Yoda scenes. If we were going to do Yoda scenes, it would be in my top five uh, for sure. But we're talking quotes. So yeah, this, this is a great line and it deserves its spot here on the list. So I'm glad you, you talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, that brings us to your number two. Number two. Luminous beings we are. Not this crude matter. Uh, And that is, of course, one of the many lines that Yoda speaks in his dissertation on the Force uh, that Carl has dubbed it uh, (laughs) here uh, on on Dagobah and the Empire Strikes Back. And this is this is something I really like. I I really appreciate this because, you know, obviously uh, to the outsiders. A Jedi is almost a superhero type of person, mm. uh, you know, in a weird kind of church thing, maybe. But 
the the Jedi themselves are physical beings, but also spiritual beings. Uh, and and Yoda's focus, especially at this point in his life, is more on that spiritual side. This is the most important part of who you are. Is this this luminous part of who you are? This this part of you that touches and interacts and listens and communes with the force and and he's having to take the time and take the moment to really get to get it into Luke's head because Luke is is frustrated because he doesn't think he's strong enough and of course he's basing that on his own strength and his own ideas of what he is capable of doing with the force. Um, And in amongst many other things that Yoda spends the time to talk with him about, this is the one that I think is most important to me, at least Uh, it's the the one that jumps out the most to me that, that, that is we are luminous beings and that it's not something I think is talked about as much as it should in some of the other material, the Star Wars material around the Force and the Jedi, you know, there's a lot of talk about communing and, you know, believing and feeling it in yourself and all this stuff. But it is, you know, it is something where where Yoda is making the distinction that, yes, there's, you know, we we are physical, but we are also spiritual. We're luminous. We have this other part to us. And this part is... For a Jedi, at least, and he probably thinks for everyone, is the most important part of who we are. Uh, Which connects back to my honorable mention quote about Yoda saying, you know, in the Force, very different each one of you are. About the clones. is it's That's what he's looking at. That's Mm -hmm. what he's sensing. That's what he's seeing in the Force. Um, Is that luminous part of everyone. And... I can only imagine what Yoda sees when he sort of takes the time to slip into the flow and the will of the force and just sees everyone in the room, what he must be seeing and sensing. Uh, It must be a very beautiful kaleidoscope of colors and shapes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a great line and, you know, I like the way you connected it back to your, to your first quote with with the clones um that Yoda does he recognizes beneath that physical surface there's there's something more to to everyone and you know it, again what George was doing especially in the original trilogy was he was trying to as Mark Hamill quoted it give the greatest hits of religion <laughs> with the the idea of the force <laughs> yes. and everything um and this is this is a prevalent belief and thought across so many faith traditions across the world, this idea of Mm -hmm. we are physical beings, but inhabiting us is these kind of this spiritual being. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a little bit of a Gnostic thought. I don't know how I a hundred percent personally agree with that. Like I think to separate them is foolish. Um, That said, Star Wars does separate them. Star Wars is a little bit Gnostic in its understanding that, um, you know, your bodies are crude. They, they crumble, they die, but this luminous part of you lives on. But in the Star Wars theology if you will it lives on though is kind of a incorporeal uh little light that joins the the cosmic force like individuality ceases mm-hmm. to exist um 
which is fine. I mean, that's that's very Eastern in its in its theology. Um, that said, I like this because to what you were saying for Yoda, what he's trying to impart uh, specifically to Luke in that part in, in this scene is you're so much more than these physical constraints that you are bringing into yes. this scenario. Right. It's it's not yes. it's not I don't think he's as I don't think he's so ardently trying to say something about like the human condition or the, the, no. the, the life being condition, if you will, um, as he is trying to say something to Luke. Luke, Luke is so limited in this particular moment because of what he perceives to be these physical limitations. You know, oh, the ship's too heavy. It's too big. I can't do this. Like, how am I supposed to lift this with my mind? It's too physically large. Um, mm-hmm. What Yoda is trying to impart in him is that we are so much more than what our, our, you know, our physical bodies can contain. Um, and he's trying to help Luke see beneath that, beneath that shell to the kind of this vibrant light that he is. Um, yeah, it's, it's really good. Absolutely. Uh, well, it's your number two, sir. Where, where are we going? Well, we're going to attach very well. Cause my last two pump from empire strikes back. <laughs> um, and uh, th- my my first one is you must yeah unlearn what you have learned. Um, this is to me one of the most important life lessons I've ever learned. <laughs> um, is to unlearn or unlearn things. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, and I know I've talked about this several times over the years on the show, Jason. Um, but one of my one of my favorite parables in in the Buddhist tradition is the story of uh, the Buddha. He builds a raft to cross a river. To cross a river, when he gets to the other side of the river, he initially starts to carry the raft across land, but then is like, "Wait a minute, this is such a burden!" So he just drops it and keeps going. Um, it's this idea of like certain things serve us to a point. Um, but sometimes they no longer serve us. So let them go, <laughs> you know, don't, don't carry a raft over dry land. Cause you don't know if you'll ever even need it again. Um, right. But what Yoda is trying to teach to Luke is, I mean, this is in direct connection to what you were, we were just talking about with your last quote, Jason, it's Luke is physically limited by what he thinks is possible. And what Yoda is essentially saying is, let go of that. All of those preconceived notions that you brought with you, let them go. Learn new things. Unlearn the old ways. And I think this is such an important life lesson. You know, uh, so many of us, uh, myself included, you know, go through the world with certain ways of operating because we've always assumed them to be true. Um, but sometimes they start getting in the way of us becoming our full selves. They get in the way of us you know, welcoming and accepting others for who they are. So sometimes we have to unlearn the terrible things that we've learned, whether, I mean, whether that's an intellectual thing or even just something about um, our own physicality. Uh, Yoda is trying to impart one of the most important life lessons to, to just let go of things. And, you know, I know I've talked about this and I won't say too much cause I don't want to be annoying. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> I just think that this is such a, 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 an important lesson for modern star Wars fandom um, that we we're always going into new star Wars, you know, now that Disney owns star Wars, like just accept the reality that we're going to get star Wars till the day. All of us are dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think, and, and again, I'm indicting myself here, you know, this, I'll, I'll very quick to point out my own shortcomings here. Um, you know, I carry notions of what star Wars is supposed to be. This is star Wars. This is not star Wars. Right. 
Um, and in order to sometimes accept new ways of storytelling, you have to unlearn, you have to let go of some of your, your old notions. Um, and I just think that this is such an important lesson that Yoda reminds us of is you got to let go of things. Sometimes you got to let go of things. And I just think that's such an important life lesson. Um, and the only way for Luke to succeed here is to let go of those preconceived notions. Right. Exactly. No, I, it, it's a fantastic uh, quote. It's, it's perfectly, you know, perfectly apl- applicable to the scene. Uh, but it also is something that is a tried and true piece of wisdom that can serve anyone at any time in their life. You know, it, it, there's always something new we can learn or uh, a, a habit that we can improve or, or break, uh, you know, it, if we find a new way of doing things uh, that, you know, like you said, if there's something physical that we're trying to overcome as we get older, things that you used to do when you were younger, you can't do anymore. So you have to unlearn how you used to do things and learn how to do something else. But it's it's applicable physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, up and down everything. And uh, it's it's eternally wise, if mm. you will. And something that Yoda probably over the years has had to tell himself on more than one occasion uh, to, to remind himself to unlearn what he has learned uh, in order to move forward into the next season or whatever it is that he's doing. I'm sure he t- did a lot of that uh, when he started his exile on Dagobah. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> Un- unlearning what it meant to be a Jedi, you know, probably one mm. of the first things he had to unlearn. <laughs> How does, I mean, that's the question every Jedi has dealt with post order 66 that survived is what does it mean to be a Jedi without a Jedi order? Yeah, exactly. And uh, that's a, that's a big question. And some of them figure it out and others like Balin Skull, not so much. So, (laughs) Hey, leave Balin alone. He's perfect. (laughs) Okay. If you say so, (laughs) he's just, just trying to fix Anakin's mistakes. Right, the ones that Anakin fixed himself. He doesn't got know it. that. He doesn't know. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> he doesn't need to take on resp- someone else's responsibilities either. Oh, I think uh, anyway. Balin, oh, he's just, he's too big for his britches. I love him. <laughs> 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 oh, all right, Jason. Number ones. I am. Number one. I feel like I might know what your number one is. I mean, I thought I did five minutes ago and I was very wrong, but now I feel like I might know where you're going. But what is your number one? Yeah. This is one that I was surprised when I was writing the list that I ended up being on the top of my list. Um, It's one you've already mentioned, Carl. Oh, okay. And we're heading back to the Clone Wars and the gathering. Oh, right. You said you talked about it later. I did not do very good deduction right there. (laughs) I would not be a good detective. (laughs) No, no no worries. But to remind everybody, uh, the quote is, the Force made physical a Jedi is uh, comes great responsibility with that. Yes. Uh, so this is something that I think is such a, a, a wonderfully simple and beautiful description of what the Jedi are supposed to be uh, and what the Jedi at their heart are. 
is this this physical manifestation of what the force should be. The, the, the Jedi are the hands and feet of the force, uh, to, to use a, uh, a biblical metaphor here. So the, the, the Jedi are the ones that are, are able to be in tune with the force, uh, to much, you know, obviously because the Metachlorians do much better, uh, ability than most of the galaxy is. And they are there to, to make the forces will, you know, physical with compassion, with understanding, uh, to defend the the weak, you know, to be preservers of peace and justice throughout the galaxy. Um, and at their heart, at their core, the essential nature of what a Jedi is this, this quote is that they are to make physical the force uh, in the galaxy and with all the people that they interact with. Um, and obviously, you know, it, the Jedi Order and the Jedi themselves sometimes get all lumped together and, you know, some of that gets blurred. But the Jedi themselves, uh, I believe... If they, if they maintain Yoda's teaching on this, if they if they hold true to this description of what he has identified the heart of a Jedi is, then there's nothing. Nothing else matters. You know, an official order doesn't matter. The, the the code doesn't necessarily matter. It is the Jedi in tune with the Force, which is why Qui-Gon's a maverick. Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon fits this mold so much. He doesn't necessarily follow all of the, the strict bureaucratic uh, trappings that the, the official order, the organized order, has come up with over the, uh, the eons. Um, but he's he's held tight to to this kernel this this essential quality of what the jedi are and at some point all of our great jedi exemplified this um and i think that's why it's so special to me this quote it's simple but powerful and i absolutely love it Yes, it is very good. And uh, I mean, I've, I've said my piece about it. <laughs> you have. You yeah. have. So we've got one final quote. Yes. For the episode, Carl. It will not surprise you, Jason. It is from Empire Strikes Back. And it is a snippet from his Force Discourse <laughs> um, where he says, for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Um, I love this because... This is what defines Yoda. Yoda even defines himself by his relationship to the Force. He is the most spiritual character in all of Star Wars. Um, I would... Chirrut is also a very spiritual character, but I, Yoda still takes the cake. Um, yeah. Different, different ways of being spiritual. Right. But yes, I, I would definitely agree. Yoda is probably more so. 
Yes. I mean, he's also got 800 years on him, so that helps. But, there is that. So. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I love it because it's what defines Yoda. Yoda is the force made physical. And in this moment, um, again, it's, it's a teaching point to Luke that what matters most is not your size, not your physicality, but your reliance and union and dependence upon the force. Um, I used to use this quote. I used to use this scene uh, when I was teaching. I used to teach high school theology. And when I would teach the story of David and Goliath, I would use this quote because um, right. This most people know the story of David and Goliath. David's this little guy, little shepherd taking on this gargantuan um, uh, Babylonian warrior and Goliath and David wins. And the main part, the main part of the story is David wins because He's on God's side, (laughs) you know, the spirit, the force is on his side. And I think that's what's true for Yoda is, is not that Yoda enjoys combat, but no challenge is too big for Yoda because of his dependence and reliance upon the force. Um, and I think, you know, his, his time on Dagobah, that 20 year exile, um, which I mean, 20 years for Yoda is a blink of an eye. Um, but all that to say, I feel like in those 20 years, his sole purpose, and again, I would love to get more stories about Yoda on Dagobah, um, but I think like his sole purpose is to just better know and understand the Force. That's what he's spending his oh, yeah. time doing. Um, I mean, yes, I do know that, right? It means clear at the end of Revenge of the Sith, he and Kenobi are definitely going to wait out for when the Living Force brings the Skywalker kids to their table and, and they'll do what they need to do. But I think in that interim, Yoda is just spending his time, not just like, okay, well, I'm just going to wait till the day to reemerge, but it's rather Yoda never seems anxious to leave Dagobah. Like he never offers to go with Luke. He never offers to leave that space. He is content that I feel like when he goes to Dagobah at the end of Revenge of the Sith, it almost feels like in his own mind, he goes there to die. Similar to like Luke in Last Jedi, like he goes to Octo to die. He goes with much more dire depressed (laughs) sentiment than Yoda does, I would say. Um, Right. But Yoda spends that, that time in exile, just growing ever closer to the force, probably spending lots of time in meditation and just better understanding the ways of the force. And that's where his true power comes from. And, and I think even in that, that notion for Yoda, he's not talking about a physical power. He's not talking about, the power that dominates like that of the Sith. He's talking about a power that resides in one's connection to the force. That's where his power comes from. Um, And I think that will be forever. Why Yoda is one of my favorite characters ever um, because of that truth of who he is. Yeah. Uh, Yoda's exile is an active one. Uh, a, a purposeful one. Well, yes, maybe he does go there to die. He does so with purpose and with uh, a a belief in what he must do. And he probably really enjoys having, you know, a, after a time, he probably really enjoys having so much unencumbered time to just meditate and learn and dive deeply into the force. Um, 
because he doesn't have the pressures and the busy work of being the head of the Jedi Council to deal with. And uh, even though he loves it, running down to to teach the youngling classes and all of this stuff, he doesn't have a schedule anymore. Uh, so who knows? Yoda may have spent weeks at a time in meditation, uh, uninterrupted, and be have been blissfully at peace and in happiness because of it. So uh, I like to imagine that at sometimes. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just so good. <laughs> um, and I mean, I and I would even argue for Yoda. That's that's also what it means to be a Jedi. You know, to 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 loop back in your favorite quote: um, "The Force made physical a Jedi is." Mm-hmm. Well, a a Jedi is who they are when they're connected to the force. Um, right. And that's just who Yoda is. He's just always in tune with the force and in a weird way. And this is me maybe going on a quick little side tangent to close this conversation out. But I feel like this is always who Yoda has been, even in the era of the, the um, prequels. Um, you know, the I've only seen snippets of him in High Republic because, again, I'm not caught up. To, and I, I, I'm pretty sure he does appear in other things um, along the way. But Yoda, the, the kind of that spiritual center of who Yoda is, I think just gets overburdened during the Clone Wars, right? That part of him has to take a back seat to General Yoda. Um, you know, Commander-in-Chief Yoda has to take on these reins that he never wanted. So in a weird way, it's, I almost wonder if Yoda sort of enjoyed his exile. Uh, again, I, I, while yeah. I'm sure, I mean, not in the sense of like he was happy, yay, like the whole galaxy's fallen apart and is now under tyrannical rule of the Sith. Of course, he's not delighted about that. But at the same time, he can also be sort of delighted for this opportunity. Actually, this is me just spouting now. Kind of reminds me of what happened when, when COVID hit and the pandemic first started. Right. The world shut down. It it, it called for this quietness. And I think a lot of people, especially in our culture, that drove them nuts because we, you know, American culture is all about being, you know, product productive. You've always got to be doing something Um, busy, 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 busy. Yeah. Just for the (laughs) sake of being busy sometimes. Um, Yes. But I think for for some folks that were able to again, it, it was a terrible circumstance, right? Nobody enjoyed this pandemic across the world killing people of course not that was terrible it's a tragedy and also in in line with that there was this opportunity for quiet for this opportunity mm-hmm. for reflection and 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 self growth that i think a lot of people also took and i feel like that's that's yoda in exile on dagobah yoda is is there because of a terrible tragedy that of course he's not pleased with but he's not going to just wallow in that he's going to take the time to once again delve ever deeper into the ways of the force yeah. Part of what gives him his purpose as he waits for the moment to pass on the wisdom. Yeah. Because he are his part in the story, his active part in the story is over. Mm. Yep. And he in his purpose now is to wait and pass his wisdom on to someone else. Mm-hmm. And so what he is doing in that exile is refining and his understanding and that wisdom. And that is why my ally is the force and a powerful ally. It is. 
Awesome. Well, I think that's a great place to wrap up our, uh, our Yoda quotes. Yes, absolutely. That this was super fun. I'm really glad we got to do this. Um, but I'm sure everyone out there has their own favorite Yoda quote that they want to share with us, Carl. So if people want to do that, where can people share their favorite Yoda quotes with us? Yeah. I mean, easiest way anymore is, is definitely over on Instagram. Uh, the Wampas Lair. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Wampas Lair. Always. E- you can always email us at Wampas Lair podcast at gmail.com. And just want to, again, plug, plug the notion of, if you're a new listener, or even if you're a regular listener who's been here for a while, we would really appreciate if you if you liked the show on your podcast streaming app or wrote a review, anything like that, help spread the love for the Wampazler. We always appreciate that. And also, you know, we are now part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Really, really am loving the opportunities to be part of that network. Love getting to work with our friend Mike Cohen. Um, and just we're Mike's doing this, doing a lot of work, doing a a Patreon pledge campaign right now. So if you'd like to support both our show as well as all the other wonderful shows in the Thunderquack podcast network, we'd encourage you to head over to patreon.com slash Thunderquack. Um, And uh, in any way, shape or form that you can support these wonderful shows. Yep. And uh, for those of you who do, uh, you'll probably see uh, a little snippet from me. Uh, I've got a a spotlight episode on Shmi Skywalker that's coming out for the Thunderquack Patreon supporters. Um, and I'll probably, and I'll be doing uh, more of that in the future. Uh, so we'll uh, definitely check that out. Mm-hmm. But uh, any final thoughts, Carl, before we close down this, uh, this episode full of wisdom and mm-hmm. a few chuckles along the way. Um, well, you know, Jason, Rest I need. Yes, rest. (laughs) (laughs) I think we all need a little bit of rest. (laughs) And with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Wampas Lair podcast. This has been episode number 546, Top 5 Yoda Quotes. For Carl, I'm Jason. And Yoda. We'll see you next time here in the Wampas Lair. (laughs) 